0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny, Lady Chow Fung, and Adam, and we're talking about Yes, Madam, a 1985 film directed by Corey Yuen and starring Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. Uh, This is a uh, sort of mid-80s classic Hong Kong action film, and it was uh, one of the movies that really got the whole Girls with Guns subgenre started and is part of the In the Line of Duty series, and so... Uh, we'll talk about the plot of the movie uh, in a moment, but first I just wanted to get everybody's reaction and what people thought of it before we dive into that. Um, I enjoyed the
1: movie. Like it, it, I don't think it was a bad movie, but there are many parts I felt could have been done better. And I'm not sure if it's because, just because it was the 80s cinema and they didn't really have the sort of uh, experience that filmmakers do nowadays to make a compelling film. But I, I enjoyed it. It's It's... A popcorn flick, I guess, is what, you know, what I'd describe it as. Like you you turn your brain off, you'd watch it, and you'd enjoy it, and then leave it at that.
2: Yeah, I agree with Kenny. I enjoyed the movie, too. There was um, some funny parts, and there were some things that could have been done better, but like Kenny said, at the time that it was shot, they probably couldn't have done it. But it was just a turn-your-brain-off kind of movie, something that you can relax to and enjoy it i'm usually not for guns in a movie but it didn't really bother me in this one i enjoyed the ladies very much um their good good cop bad cop routine was kind of cool and um yeah i thought it was a good film yeah
3: same here i mean it's it's just the kind of thing you just can sit around and watch on a saturday afternoon and it's you know uh, yeah it's, it's just just kind of went by enjoyably i mean it's uh it's definitely got kind of a harsh ending for the kind of movie it is but uh, other than that it's just it's just kind of a fun ride
0: yeah i mean i i I enjoy this movie i think it's um i think the action in it is particularly good i think that it feels like there's a lot of energy in the movie like i just and part of that Mm -hmm. might be this is one of, uh, this is really like Michelle Yeoh's first big role, and so, and I, the same with Cynthia Rothrock, and so I feel like there's just that sense of they've really got to prove themselves, and you can feel it, and, and also the characters, like, like the story definitely, the story is, is what it is, but, but the, but the, the characters are all, I don't know, they, they, they kind of work, and they're all compelling in their own way, especially the, the guys that are all named after medications, uh, Strepsil, Panadol, and Aspirin, uh, you know, there's there's just and 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 the and the dark turn at the end. We're gonna talk about that when we get there, because I'm sure there'll be a range of opinions, as there always are, on on that kind of a thing. But but it's 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 striking. It's a very striking departure from the tone of the movie, which is almost uh, oh. is it, almost kind of light, sort of just you know you know sort of humorous and action mixed together and then and then but then at the end it's like everything just kind of suddenly boils over into this into this really dark territory um so so yeah so why don't we yeah, talk oh, I'll... oh go ahead i'm sorry i thought we were talking about the characters
1: and i just want to put my observation here was that while michelle Yeoh and cynthia were the sort of the the stars of the movie they weren't i didn't think that they were the main characters mm-hmm. to me the main characters were always the three stooges
0: yeah i think yeah. i think i, I think that way. you could i think you could definitely it's kind of weird it's almost like there's a it's It's like there's two movies going on side by side in a way and it's almost like a rorschach like which who do you think because i've seen reviews where people will say it's <laughs> those three guys are the main characters and then i've seen reviews where people zero in on michelle yo and cynthia rothrock i would kind of be inclined to agree with you Kenny just because you know when I first saw it I thought of it as a as a Michelle Yeoh movie but then over time I did kind of start focusing more on the characters that were uh were trying to raise money for for their their boss they the old they call him the old man in in the subs but um uh but yeah I don't know what, what does everybody else think of that that's kind of an, an interesting point
2: yeah um, I thought it was um two two kind of distinct story plots that kind of converge um, with some characters. But I, I can see Kenny's point. The Three Stooges definitely stole the movie from um, Michelle Yeoh and um, Cynthia Rock, Rock I mean, they were just totally awesome characters and the actors played them very well. And more of the film seems to be centered on them so I I looked at it kind of as a two sided film. You had a cop movie, and then you had a buddy film, and somehow it all worked together.
3: Yeah, I
1: buddy cop movie, if you will. will
3: yeah. The coin of phrase. Uh, yeah, I I I tend to see the uh, the three Stooges as we're calling them as the main characters, just because I have to get back to the ending again without going into detail ultimately what happens at the end is about them you know it's uh it's kind of the climax of the movie you know that they, they kind of have the dramatic closing of the movie be about them so it, it ultimately because up till that point you could argue it either way
0: yeah it's i mean it's a tough call because it really is kind of like you have this like the 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 two female characters are like the action stars of the film they're the ones that propel all of the the cool action sequences and the three and the three guys are, are really kind of there for like comic relief and, you know, sort of funny situations. Um, and, and I think it's just that the funny situations are, are not only, they don't, they not only take up a substantial portion of the film, but there's a lot of character sort of development with them. And with the Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, it's more about them just being sort of like, you know, you know, action oriented and, 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 and doing things. So uh, so yeah, so I don't know it's it's an interesting sort of thing to think about, but uh... yeah,
3: in fact, thinking further on it, it, it almost seems like an intentional choice because usually if you like wrote this screenplay, you would have those three characters and they'd be, oh, they're the people the cops kind of encounter as they're tracking down the passport. And it feels like, hey, how about if we take these three nothing kind of minor characters in this <laughs> in this story and let's just let's spend a lot of time focusing on them.
0: Well, and it, and it is worth pointing out, one of the, um, one of, one of those actors was the action director. And so, mm. uh, you know, that was the Meng Hoi character, Aspirin. And, and so I don't know, you know, there's, uh, even, even like the, so even a lot of the comedy there that they were doing felt very physical, like the stuff with the, with Chui Hark's, uh, uh, uh character that was making all the forger documents and stuff and when people would show up at his residence it would all be kind of these slapstick situations but like really sort of intense slapstick not like uh yeah. not like stuff that we're accustomed to in recent years um but let's get on to the uh into the story just so we have time to cover it um the film opens up in a in a bookshop and Michelle Yeoh's character uh Inspector ung is just uh you know perusing the shelves and a flasher walks in uh, i believe he's played by Mike K and he shows he shows himself to her and she she traps his genitals in a book and then the cops show up and arrest him and 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 as they're taking him away and as she's driving away there's a, a robbery in, at the same lo- like the next store over and she turns around and she you know she, there's like a big big gunfight and then uh, you know she she uh, Blows out the tires of the getaway vehicle and ends up blowing off the hand of, of a of one of the suspects as he's reaching for a gun, kind of like in uh, in RoboCop a few years later. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know, just the opening scene. Uh, but what what did people think of it? Any thoughts?
1: It, it, it. I don't know. It, it, it set a strange expectation for me in terms of what to what I would, what I would see from the movie. Like I, I was expecting sort of more of these sort of with action scenes of like big gunfights and um, and you know like a sort of gang stuff and dealing with stolen uh, goods. And I mean, it, it, I, I I I thought it was a pretty interesting. Um, sort of firefight scene as it were but it, it, it felt a bit weirdly cut together at, at points like it, I don't know if it was just me but some parts of it were sort of flashing like it, like what it, Michelle would teleport a little bit uh from one position to another position but I don't, I, I don't know if it was just me like or if it's the quality of the movie or whatever but I, I don't know if any of you guys saw that as well
2: Yeah, I thought she got to some spots pretty quickly, and I didn't know how that happened. So I didn't know if that was just me not catching everything because I was actually doing something else at the same time. So, yeah, that scene was kind of weird for me because I didn't know what to expect from the movie from that first opening scene, whether it was just going to be a whole bunch of gun battles or if there was going to be some other stuff in it. But it turned out better than I expected.
3: Yeah, I, I definitely say it fits weirdly with the rest of the movie. I mean, it, it, it I mean, the expectation it sets up, and but uh, I, I like the scene. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's definitely kind of straining at being this extravagant scene on not a <laughs> enormous budget. But I think I, I, it's it's a fun scene. I, I liked it, despite the fact that it honestly I kind of forgot about it till we were talking about it now because it just. It doesn't. It doesn't connect to anything else that happens in the movie, so I just kind of dropped out of my
0: memory. Well, one of the things I like about this, you know, I think the Flasher is perfectly cast, and the wig. Yeah, kind of that's true. Is, like that, that curly wig that he has just completed the character. There's a lot of characters that are completed by wigs and various costuming in this in this movie, <laughs> but uh, but there was a Lady Chau Feng. I, I I think I had sent you a link to a YouTube lecture the other day, and I can't remember who it was I uh, I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head but he was the one who sort of raised this point and I think it's kind of accurate this this movie is a little bit more cartoon like than 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 realistic and so once you buy into the cartoon aspects of it then it's sort of easy to enjoy and I think I think that, that scene really sets that tone cuz the you can you could picture that happening in like a wacky cartoon do you know what I mean just like that that whole the way the, the way the scene is presented and the way everything unfolds um but uh but yeah i don't know i i and i'll post a link to the lecture when i remember but uh uh, david uh, boardwell david boardwell yeah, yeah and 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 it's not about this movie but in the course of the lecture he talks about this idea and then while he's talking about that idea i believe he mentions this film um but uh but the next the next scene is uh uh uh, Inspector Ung going back to the uh, police station and she's greeted with a celebration by the uh, uh, by her fellow police officers. And then she's uh, meeting with her, I think it's her superior officer, Officer Wong. And he's asking her to postpone her vacation and she asserts that she is indeed going on her vacation. And this is where we, we also learn that she is um, friends with, a character who's about to die in the next scene named Richard Richard Nornan, um, who is uh I think is a former member of Scotland Yard and we know that he's staying at a hotel and we know he sent her flowers and they're supposed to meet that evening. And the uh the next scene, unless you guys have something you wanna say about the uh the police station scene, which I I I the
2: cheering know. was pretty odd in yeah, that scene. It was;
0: they were very, they were very low energy, and like
1: it's, the cheering was pretty lackluster there. I think like the, the, a few of them were like I don't know, the, the pervert makes a makes a reappe- uh, the creep makes a reappearance there, and here's the is one cheering the loudest. Everybody else is like <laughs> Yay! And, yeah, yeah, sort it's of all weakly waving some flowers, but <laughs> yeah, that was a bit strange
0: yeah, as well. And uh, and the next scene is at the hotel, which is kind of I don't know. This is one of the more memorable scenes in the movie. It sort of is. It's sort of like when you you you, you are finally in the movie when the uh, when the ho- when the hotel scene comes. And this is where a lot is go. Like it's actually a very confusing scene because first they introduce aspirin and they and they sort of in, introduce strepsil as well, and they uh, they introduce the uh, Dick Way character who is either called Willie or Dick, depending on, the, uh, depending on the subs or the dubs. And I think it even changes over the course of the movie. Um, and they, they also introduce the Richard Norton character. And Richard Norton goes to his hotel room. He has some kind of microfilm, which is very vaguely described over the course of the movie as relating to forged real estate contracts. And the Dick Way character shows up, and he's obviously like a hitman from like a big you know crime boss who we later find out is um uh oh god what's his name Is uh i can't remember it right now but uh oh, know, he, but what's the uh what's what's the character name for the the bad guy uh, t- uh tim wakeha okay um and so he uh he uh, the Dick Way character is trying to buy the uh try the, trying to pay him a million dollars to get the microfilm and he holds up for more money he gets shot and as he's trying to find the microfilm on the dead body that's when aspirin shows up pretending to be room service because he and and his friends have this whole scam that they're running where they pretend to be hotel staff break into rooms and steal things and you know they're they're sort of like petty petty thieves and petty criminals and uh and then uh and then Michelle Yeoh arrives and she finds uh, Richard is dead and that's where sort of the you know that's sort of where the plot of the movie really kicks in so uh you know what do you guys think of this scene any any thoughts on the story at this point uh, I, i'm thinking that the
1: um uh what was his name Saint Norman um what, what was the Scotland yard guy's name again remind me
0: richard nornan
1: Richard Norman yeah like I I don't think he was holding out for more money so I don't know because I wasn't paying attention to the subs at that point and I was just listening to it it sounded like he was saying he didn't like he it, 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 it sounded like he was saying um, that he didn't think it was worth the risk of taking a bribe um, to get rid of this evidence like he wanted to play it by the book and that if, if he were younger then the money would have been tempting for him okay but because he is old now or it, 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 because he's older and more experienced now presumably he you know has no interest in material possessions as much
0: okay cause for some reason I, I i always thought that what he was doing he was saying like 20 years ago this would have been a lot of money to me and it would have been worth it but i'll need more is sort of what i thought the application was but you're probably right um but uh, but either way, he ends up getting shot. Is the uh, because we do find out later on that he's he's following the lead anyway, so he probably wouldn't have been there um, just you know in, intending to take money for the microfilm. Um, but I don't know any any other thoughts on this scene.
2: My only other issue with the scene was technical because uh, he gets shot in the mouth, but Dick Way shoots him through an apple. I've seen an apple, a bullet go through an apple in person at MIT, and the other side completely explodes. So the back of his head would have completely exploded, and there would have been blood everywhere. So I had an issue with that because that's not true to life. So anyway,
1: well, and also the the the, the forens- oh we won't talk about like what happens. But so the forensic report says that the bullet went into his brain, um, but the way. Yeah, so sort of the Way's character was aiming the gun was directly at the back of his throat.
3: <sighs> yeah. The, the ballistics were really dodgy in this movie. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I I, uh no, but my I don't know, my, my thing I thought was kind of odd in this is uh Dick, he's the uh the hitman I, I think, or the killer. It's like you know he's perfectly willing to like you know take out the scotland yard guy but you know then 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 the bellhop shows up with like you know the so, some food it's like he's gonna hide behind the curtain it's like oh i can't can't deal with this guy he just kind of stands behind the curtain and lets him make off with the goods and it's like man i was like why why is he hiding now why is he uh like it, yeah like, he's already
1: killed one guy like and is it really that when she just killed the other the bellboy or or or, um yeah panadol or whatever his name was at at the same time and and just like steal steal the passport in that way instead of like trying to you know just he later later on in the movie he does say like oh i'm personally doesn't like sort of loose ends type of thing like i can't remember the exact quote so yeah, you know, he could have just easily killed everyone at the scene and made off with the um, microfilm without anyone being the wiser. The movie it would have ended right there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so, uh, and so after the uh, after the hotel scene, we have uh, Strepsil and Aspirin uh, sort of divvying up the goods because Aspirin's taken, you know, all the stuff from that that room and plenty of other rooms. And they decide to give the passport that has the microfilm to their friend Strepsil because he's, you know, basically, a, you know, he's a master at forging things and he can make some money off the passport. And we immediately go to see uh, uh, Panadol, who's a, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the forge guy. And it, so, number one, he's played by Treehark and he's got this sort of really elaborate operation set up in his room that's very mechanical, Very cool, yeah. He's got it. It's it's like peak 80s. Just here's a bunch of really cool stuff with gears that you know. I, I didn't know if it would all work the way it did, but it didn't matter. And and it was there was it was just like a tinkerer's you know heaven, it was and and so. Uh, you know, he's 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 working on some fake IDs when these guys storm into his uh into his apartment. There's a there's an extended sequence of how they get in there that involves a, a grenade that first seems to be fake and then turns out to be real, the door blows up, and they come in and they 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 hold him at gunpoint and uh Strexel and Aspirin return and pretend to be cops to sort of help him chase off these guys and and uh and and so the guys uh climb out the window and uh, Panadol cuts the rope, and they all they all fall to the ground. And at this point, we uh, uh, number one, Panadol is given the passport. But number two, we learn uh, about their relationship with a uh, with 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 a guy they called the old man. And in in my subs, he was called Sifu. Um, but I think he's just kind of like a petty crime boss of some kind that's sort of in a retirement home. And he was kinda...
1: referred to as Sifu as well in the in, in the conversation.
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, but I don't get the feeling that he was running a dojo with them. I feel like... I don't know,
1: Sifu can refer to many things. I think in this case,
0: he was the person who taught them how to pick locks and forge stuff. and uh, Okay, so it's like a teacher type situation. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, we learned that they're saving up money to buy him a house so that he can get out of the retirement home. Um, and so, I don't know, I, was gonna, I, I, I assume people might have comments on this scene, so I'll... I'll leave the floor open but if not i can move on
1: i i, I don't know it, it, this scene was like one of ones which i thought you know introduced the characters really well you know you sort you to see you know we know that two of them you know we, know we know that they're all like sort of petty thieves and criminals already right but we sort of get a, a sense of their, they have a, a purpose like they, they they're not like being thieves for the sake of it you know they're trying to accomplish something together and you know despite the fact that um Poundo and Aspirin um, argue a lot and are at each other's throats, you know, that they have a you know, some sense of camaraderie between the three of them and that they've been through a lot together type of thing. You know, they've mentioned multiple times that, you know, we've known each other for 20 years or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. They, you know, they, they bicker like siblings would, and, and you know, it's it, it, it's very nice, you know, it gives you the, a sense of how close they are, and that they are basically brothers, and and, and, and that there, there is no, uh, I don't. I, it's hard to say what would happen to the rest of the story at this point because you know we're sort of seeing we're being introduced to these people and um and being shown that yeah that maybe they'll accomplish their goal maybe they won't they you know, we, we don't know if we're if, if that's really part of the story or not there.
3: Yeah, this, this is definitely where the movie kind of really starts to come alive because it's the scenes so far, you know we haven't. We haven't had any like serious character interaction, you know, like with Michelle Yao's character at the police station. Just like, you know, the the scene she's been kind of been serviceful, kind of servicing the plot. This is the first time we have characters kind of interacting in a more, you know, just just human kind of way. And uh, so, yeah, I I really like this scene a lot.
2: Yeah, I like the um the relationship that the three have together. And it's funny that we're calling them the Three Stooges because that's kind of how I thought of them the whole movie. You got one who's kind of in charge and the other two are kind of inept. But um, it's just, I don't know, they have such chemistry and they're hysterical together. And the way that the apartment was set up with all the moving parts and how to you get to see it again later, how everything... You could tell that Panadol was uh, a genius a street genius with all his contraptions and everything. And that was really cool. The, those three characters, I think are the three most well-developed characters in the movie.
0: And, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would, I would agree with that. And I think, um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to, there's a lot to cover, even though this is a very sort of straightforward movie. I'm going to sort of, Skip over a lot, you uh, know, the next sequences, just so we can get to the meat of the film. But if you guys want to interrupt me, go right ahead. I don't wanna, I don't wanna stop you guys from, you know, saying a thought that you might have. Um, but in the next scene, we we get to meet the villain for the first time, Mr. Tin, and he, uh, you know, there's not much really to, to do with him here except he's learning about uh, Dick Way's failure. And we do get the first big villain laugh, though. And this character, he's really built around this laugh. Like, that's, that's pretty much what he's all about. And so, you know, it's a significant introduction in that respect. Uh, and Panadol uh, forges the passport. He sort of, he sort of takes off uh, Richard Nornan's image and puts on the image of a guy who we're going to meet in one of the upcoming scenes. And he accidentally clips the microfilm, which was concealed behind the photo, onto his headgear and that stays there for the rest of the movie for quite, you know, until, until they discover it towards the end. Um, so they don't even have any idea that they have this microfilm for, for a large portion of the film. And at the police office, they, they conduct the autopsy on Richard Nornan, And we get to the sort of the, the autopsy, the, the very odd explanation of what happens to him. Um, you know, he was shot in the head and, uh, they have a, they have an odd way of describing it. Um, but we. But this is where they learn that um, uh, he was following a lead, and uh, that Michelle Yeoh is going to uh, be assisted by a senior inspector from London, and and that they that they also uh, uh, um, that think he might have been killed because he had uh, found some evidence. So uh, after that, the next morning, uh, Strepsil gets up has an argument with, uh, I think, the guy that's delivering his paper. And then he finds out that the person that they stole the passport from was, uh, you know, is in, it was murdered and is, is uh, you know, it's is a big deal. And so he, he and Aspirin go to the nursing home, which is where we meet the, uh, the big boss and, and the two other guys. And, and we, there's this whole scene at the nursing home where they're, where they're going there. And the, and, and the boss is played by Samuel Hung. And they're there to explain to him, uh, you know, they, that they have this situation and they don't know what to do about the passport. Uh, but it's really kind of a scene that's played out mainly for laughs. And at the, by the end of the scene, uh, the, the Sifu tells them to call the police and tip them off. And, and they do so. And then this leads immediately to the airport scene. So uh, any any thoughts on on the nursing home scene and all the stuff that sort of led up to it?
1: That oh, was funny. I I enjoyed the misdirection where, you know, it's sort of like a classic trope that you have the old pervy man in, the, in, in mm-hmm. like, an old person's home, and there's, like, a busty nurse is walking in. And, and you yeah, know, they're, they're doing some pretty sketchy things, like hiding behind the door and leering at her. And, yeah, completely out of nowhere, they're just, like counts on her, like, restrain her, and you think, oh, something bad is going to happen, but then no, they just steal all the food from her, because they were craving like, an oily-looking chicken so much, because I guess um, the nursing home must have been pretty strict on their diet, so they were just re- chomping at the bit for this nice bit of chicken, <laughs> and not the nurse who was uh, being played up as a sort of a sexy character, <laughs> Just, I thought that was amazing.
2: I like the three guys who actually play the... Dirty old men (laughs) to see um, three famous faces. I was very surprised they were in this movie because I didn't look at a cast listing beforehand. But when they popped up, I was like, oh, that's so cool that they were the three lusty old men. So.
0: Yeah. Cause it's Wolf. Well, yeah. It's Samuel hung Richard Ng, and David Cheng, who I didn't even know that was David Cheng until, until you, you said something to me on Facebook. I know it was him. And, and I was like, that's, that, that's not David and I, and I looked at it and I was like, that doesn't look like him. And then I looked it up and it was him. So I was, uh, so good eye on that one. Cause that, that I, I had seen that scene so many times and I never, never caught it. Um, but yeah, I I thought that that was a great misdirection, and the way that they shot the it, again, it was very cartoon like. She kind of walks in, and like she's you know very busty, obviously, and you think that they're going to grab her, and and they're just after the chicken, and and just the the way that it was done was was really effective, um, and 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 I don't think we 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 see too much of these characters after this, but it was a a really charming scene, and and it kind of helps establish what the three uh the three uh Stooge characters that we've been talking about, what they're what they're sort of working toward and why they're so uh you know, why why their story is important. Um and it's also kinda of tragic actually because,
1: you know, by the end of the movie we can think back to this
0: evening, this is what could have been.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, because because uh well I guess we can spoil it now. I mean it's not like people are, you know, waiting on the edge of their seats to find out what happens in the film but um but the panadol character is killed towards the end and so they are not going to get uh you know the, the kind of ending that that uh Samuel hung and company have in the movie um but then we get to the the famous airport scene where uh where a I just call him passport traveler I don't think he has a name but he looks like he is like the the like the most '80s character in the movie. I think like he's got—he he's, he looks like he works out constantly. He probably, maybe, uses steroids. I don't know. He at least has like the anger that I would expect somebody who uses that substance to have. And he's got the sunglasses, and he's got like the chain around his neck. And and he's—he's he's the one who bought the passport off of panadol. He tries to use it. And Michelle Yo tries to arrest him. There's a fight chase, and he ends up grabbing a woman and trying to take her hostage. And little does he know that this is uh, Senior Inspector Carrie Morris, played by Cynthia Rothrock. And she just beats the crap out of him. And and so, you know, they arrest him right there. And uh, and then there's an extended scene between the Carrie Morris character and the cops. And they're, you know, like Michelle Yo doesn't really want her there, and she doesn't really want to be there. And the two <clears throat> male cops are kind of making fun of her. And so, so I don't know. I, you know, what do you guys think of the the airport sequence? It was one of the more action heavy sequences up to this point in the film. I like the action
2: in the movie. I the the kicking and I don't. I just I've never seen Cynthia Rothrock in action, so I was very impressed with her in this movie. Uh, this is my first time, so I. I thought the action sequences were great in the airport. Uh, the passport guy, when they showed the picture with the the eyes and the expression on his face, is like a deer caught in headlights all the time. And so when the guy comes up to the counter and he asks him to remove his glasses, I'm like, that's not going to be the guy in the picture, and he's going to be arrested for a fake passport. And it turns out to be the exact face. That I was like, wow. That's... Luckily, it was
1: black. And, <laughs> luckily, it was a black and white picture because yes. a British passport with an English name there. I think I think they might have just kept the, the Richard Norton name there on the passport. Like his uh, Pan- Panadol's idea of forgery was relatively low level. He's on the you know, lift off the picture and replace it with a different picture. And that was basically <laughs> <all> that his <laughs> services amounted to. And I am not surprised that there was at the scene where the three uh, random thugs came like demanding an explanation and from him because his work you know we, we call him like a genius. It's, it's not so movie. many tools and tinkering, but he's obviously not very well, competent at what he's
0: doing. Well, I feel like the movie. <laughs> is very gives you very mixed messages because he's obviously creating very master masterful end products with some of these fake guns and stuff like these like these look like they look really impressive but it's like you're saying like the, the fake ids are what you would expect like a high school student trying to get fake beer to do like he's just you know just cutting out the picture and putting a new one on top and and not really making any other changes um and 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 the, and, and it's not a particular it's not like a particularly smooth job either um so, so yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, it was a pretty shoddy piece of work, but, but I, I agree with Lady Chao I thought the action in this sequence is great. And Cynthia Rothrock, she is like a, I think she's like a five time forms and, uh, like weapons form champion and stuff like that. So she, she has like a strong martial arts background and, and you can really see, it's like all on display here. Like those kicks, you know, I've done styles that are kick devoted and those are really, really good kicks. Um, and and also just the the again I think the level of energy do you know what I mean like the level of energy in both of their performances in the fights is really high and and that that is what really to me sells it is just the the you know the the firepower in the in the hits um and also you just get the you get the impression too that everybody involved is like in really good physical condition like that they're 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 uh uh like i don't know it just feels like everybody is sort of on the ball um i think cynthia definitely like she
1: looks like she could deliver a really powerful kick hmm. because like (laughs) her her thighs were pretty muscular for like the brief moment they were flashing (laughs) under her skirt (laughs) um there's like she was doing that one kick off the wall where you know she was dressed in like a very uh short sort of pencil skirt thing and it just lifted up but you can see her legs are pretty muscular and like you could imagine that i can imagine that delivering a pretty punch there
0: well i mean i think that um the th- that outfit would have been very hard to perform a kick in i imagine because i mean just you know like you know i've i've tried to do stuff in jeans and you know like restrictive clothing and can only imagine like in, i think she was wearing heels and a skirt right so it would have been mm-hmm. it would have been very tough but but i think also like michelle yo if you look her, her trap muscles look like really really strong in this scene and so I think I think that everybody was kind of working out. I know that she worked out like 8 hours a day or so, like she like a crazy amount before the uh you know leading up to the to the movie. And I think you can definitely you get you get the impression that people are just in good physical condition, which to me always helps sell action. And you know, somebody if somebody sort of their posture is bad or 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 their neck muscles look weak or they just don't look like they've been training a lot, it just even if they're doing everything right, it just kind of ruins it for me because I can sort of you can sort of feel the, the the lack of energy in the movement, um, and so I just feel that that's there. Uh, and so, so yeah. But in the in the next scene, they they take the suspect to um, uh, to the uh, uh, police station, and uh, Kerry Morris roughs him up a bit, and they have to send him to the hospital. And they decide, or Michelle Yeoh decides to let him go. Uh, they, you know, they sort of fake a flat. Tire situation, and he breaks out of the transport vehicle, and he ends up going to chase after Panadol, which is exactly what they wanted him to do, so that they could they could uh, they could track the person who forged the passport. And then there's another sort of zany sequence inside Panadol's lair. And this time he's got all these. Ca- it looks like he's 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 made improvements since the last one because he's got like these weird cages that he can that, that are like walls that he can sort of move around and trap guys as they're chasing him. He's got a dummy with dynamite all set. He's got like all this stuff that's like sort of set up beforehand, and and uh, he ends up getting chased onto the side of a building, and as the uh, as the passport traveler fellow is gonna drop him off Kerry morris shows up and shoots him and uh and panadol ends up getting taken to prison uh or to jail so uh thoughts on the uh on the on the second zany scene and um and the and the the roughing up at the police station scene
1: i'm not too good with like sort of history of cinema but
0: it was a did this sort of happened before Jackie Chan stuff or like after or during No, police this I mean uh, Jackie Chan was around and this is like I think after police story even so
1: okay because it was definitely it felt very Jackie Chan style um sort of, you know, jumping up and down, like, hiding and taunting in the, from, you know, from, like, a high position and then, you know, being flung out and being, and then, like, grabbing the wall at the last minute and, like, slowly slipping down. Yeah, all that sort of stuff was very sort of typical Jackie, Jackie Chan, I'd say.
0: Well, I think it definitely had that vibe to it, for sure. I would I would agree. There was a lot of, um, you know, especially the stuff with the Panadol character. That just seemed to be his thing, which is, you know, you know, it's, it's Shui Harki's director normally, so uh you know it's kind of you know i mean i've seen him in other movies uh but it's it's always sort of surprising to to see to see him in that physical of a role um but uh but yeah i, I would agree with that a- any other thoughts and i
1: especially like the, the the part where cynthia uses a um uses her pistol to um uh, free uh, Panadol from from strangulation, but by, by by the cables. I'm just like sat there thinking, "Oh, really? You're going to shoot from like you know 50 meters away and and cut a rope with a bullet? <laughs> okay,
2: oh. very close to the man's head.
0: <laughs>
1: you can't. It was cool, with but yeah, it was cool, but I was
0: just thinking, mm, that wouldn't really fly now at these, I think. So so then they end up with Panadol in the uh, in the police station and they, they throw dirty water on him. and uh and and uh the Cynthia Rothrock character uh, Carrie Morris she she sort of has this extended exchange with them where she she tell she tells them that they've nicknamed her for, uh, nasty foreign chick in the subs in the dubs they actually called her nasty white bitch but in the in the in the subs it was nasty foreign chick which I think is. I don't know. I'm assuming is closer to the original meaning, but I don't know. And and so, uh, you know, he ends up getting. Uh, Michelle Yeoh steps in and sort of takes over because it's not going well between him and uh, and uh, Carrie Morris. And so she she shows him a book of suspects, and he kind of inadvertently draws her attention to images of aspirin and strepsil, and they end up putting him in detention. And then they uh they 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 go to try to find uh uh the the two the two characters who are in the uh in the um in the pictures uh so any uh, i I was curious about people's thoughts on the nickname because I was wondering I was kind of curious about that um
1: oh the nickname roughly translates to angry uh foreign woman angry name, okay yeah all right yeah and you know i i I didn't think it was supposed to be as insulting as like foreign white bitch so
0: (laughs) Um, i think that was just the bit that the translator's taking liberties there (laughs) okay okay um yeah so then in the next scene we we uh we see mr tin again and he is uh, pulling a guy named Mad Dog, who's got these incredible <laughs> eyebrows, uh, out of the field, and using him to sort of you know he's sort of being, uh, you know creating a cocoon of protection at his lair, and so he is, you know he wants Mad Dog close by, uh, and he explains that he knows who got the passports, and he uh, he says it's these guys Strepsil and Aspirin, and that they hang out at at, uh, uh, at pool halls and or. The Dick Way character says this, and he ends up uh, going to track them down in the next scene at the pool hall, which is kind of a cool scene, where Aspirin and Strepsil are trying to make money uh, playing pool against a guy that they assume is just sort of like a rich mark, and they uh, it turns out he's a champion snooker player. And, and, and he ends up kicking the crap out of them, and they owe him $147,000. And they try to talk their way out of it, and then his men—he's apparently like got all these thugs that he travels with—and they they uh, they end up, you know, uh, beating him up until uh, until the Dick Way character shows up, and he uh, he start, and then there's this big chase through the city, and they end up going into a bar where the two inspectors are also looking for strepsil and aspirin as they're running in, and there's this great sort of fight sequence in the bathroom. Where uh, where 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 Dick Way is trying to trying to deal with Strepsil and Aspirin and Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock sort of step in and and fight with them, and at the end of the scene, uh, Aspirin and Strepsil get away and go to their apartment, um, but they're they're scared out of their minds, and they're uh, and and they and they ultimately decide that they're just going to allow themselves to get arrested so that they can be safe in jail. Um, but thoughts on the bathroom scene, on the pool hall scene, on any of that stuff. I I,
1: I like the bathroom fight scene actually because there was that one moment where um, Dick Way's character sort of throws Michelle yeah. Leo's character into the mirror, and yeah, we mentioned that before that. You know, the all the actors like they had very high energy and you know, they were very willing to sort of go the extra mile to make sure you know everything. It looks and feels powerful and I think that was one of the moments I was like oh that looks uh, uh rough <laughs> Like lack of a better way to say it
0: well I think I think it's oh are we gonna say something oh, okay. oh, I, I think I think that that's a really standout moment I don't know if that's her or not that's something that I've because I, I always slow it down to look I know that she did most of her stunts in this one but that's one that looks like if there's gonna be a stunt double that would be the one that I would expect them to throw a stunt person in because she like slams her back against the uh the sink uh but i actually have a lot of trouble telling when i when i slow it down um but i think it really sells the uh the action in the movie and and i think it also sort of sets the the sort of expectations of the you know of uh they're not gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna mix it up just like if it was you know movies with with the uh, with male actors in it and and so it ends up uh, I don't know. I think, I think it kind of makes the action work uh, because you get the sense that they're, you know, that they're really, they're not pulling their punches on things. Um, yeah. So any other thoughts? Mad dog. Let's talk about his facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's very, it, it's so his, his facial hair is so striking. It could, it could, it could be distracting to a viewer who might, who might find that their immersion is broken. By the by, the costuming, but it, it's, it, it, it I don't know. It just kind of t- it, it's it's it really stands out. I I enjoy it, but I could understand people not liking it because it's so it's so over the top. It's uh.
2: It's very over the top. It's is that his real hair? Because the no. hair was bushy. Then the eyebrows were bushy. I mean, it's like they took this. I don't know. It was like overgrown caterpillars on his face or something. But it, I, I, didn't, I can't even describe it. It was so bad.
3: Um. Uh, I'm with Brendan on this. I liked it. I, I completely get that it is ridiculous and over the top. And people complaining about it is entirely justified. But I found it very entertaining.
1: <laughs> I think it's like, are, are we thinking it's ridiculous? Because looking at it through the lens of 2018, you know, was it? I don't know,
3: I think it was ridiculous then. Well, I don't know. No, no pretty I well. think Kenny has a I, I would thought that was if I saw this as
1: a teenager,
3: I would have thought that was ridiculous. But,
0: but I think we do have to remember in the eighties things were a little bit more extravagant when it came to <laughs> dress. and and and, and the mix I mean, it's not just a, I mean it I mean you definitely see it in the Hong Kong movies, but you also see it if you watch a movie like Return of the Living Dead, where you just have these characters were expected to sort of really pop out at you in the eighties mm-hmm. and they had, and they had to pop out so that you visually sort of just knew everything about them right away. You know, if a guy was a druggie, he'd have on the sunglasses, some funky hat, a trench coat and like plaid pants or something weird. And just that would, nobody would ever wear. And, and I think, uh, but you knew immediately, okay, that's the drug addict character. That's the, you know, that's the, uh, that's like the, uh, you know, the, the really tough bastard character, like everybody just kind of, you know, established themselves that way. So I think, I think it is sort of also part of the the time period, but uh, but but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think that it's a, I I I find that character more compelling every time I watch the movie because I just want to know way more about him, and you don't get that much information about the character, so you don't really know what's going on with him. But all not not only is not his his costuming isn't the only thing that's extreme. All of his reactions are extreme. Everything about him is just way like like if everybody else is going, yeah it's exaggerated like if if everybody else is going 20 miles an hour he's going 120 and it's uh you really see it in the final scene of the movie um
1: I think like it, it's so his character seems to be to fill the the, the role of the, the countryside hick type character like it, it sounds like he was someone who was with uh, miss tin like from years ago and you know he's only been recently bought out um yeah, of, of of the rural China or wherever it was uh, he was pulled out of to help him with his current business. You know, because like, Mister Tin was like advertising, oh, we, I've got a legit business now, you know, and uh, uh, and I can make money. I don't need to sell OPM anymore. And yeah, we we, we yeah, Mister Tin has like this thing is in many pies, but uh, and it looks like he's trying to go legit in as much as uh, gangster can go legit in <laughs> Hong Kong. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it feels like his character, his, his, his actions are perhaps well explained if you just consider him someone who's not used to um, modern life. Which is which sort of explains the facial hair and the eye, uh, and the eyebrows as well. You know, why he's not taking care of himself that way and why he's dressed in sort of a very
0: distinct way, different from everybody else. He's got like a, an army jacket on or something. And, yeah. He yeah, kind
2: of reminded me of like um, I guess 80s
0: gorillas, you know, the Contras and stuff that you saw in South America. Well, that that's what I was wondering at one point. I was like, well, maybe he's supposed to be like a guy from like some other country, and that's why he's well, got. He, like... he
1: could be Vietnamese. Like, he could be, definitely be hmm. Vietnamese. Like, uh, I know plenty of people, my parents knew plenty of people from Vietnam, and they spoke like fluent Cantonese, and they tended to be a little bit strange. Um <laughs> not a lot of stereotyping
0: for me but uh it's a possibility but well i've just noticed in a, in these in a lot of these films when they when they have a character from an, another country it'll often like eyebrows and mustaches or something that are, that are sometimes sort of part of the way that that's conveyed and so you know like like you'll just like okay uh, it's you know that i am supposed to assume this character's from india because of the kind of mustache he has on or something like that very do you know what i mean um, I don't know if that's what was going on with the character, but the jacket made me wonder that. Um, and uh, I don't know; I thought it was. You know, but he's a he's just one of these characters. I just really want to know more about him. Um, and so you know, we, we have uh, following this a really excellent appearance by Wu Ma as a traffic cop, uh, where uh, Strepsil and are they want to get arrested at this point, so they 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 try to turn themselves in, but Wu Ma is having this 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 fight with a, with a traffic warden who's... They're both trying to give a ticket to the same vehicle. They've both been sort of eyeing this car for a while, I guess, and had the same idea. And they can't hit each other because if you strike a cop, that's, you know, a crime. If you strike a traffic warden, that's a crime. And so they're sort of trying to antagonize the other guy and to get him to throw the first punch so that he'll get in trouble. And then Strepsil and Aspirin walk in. And they say, "Hey, we want to get arrested." And he's like, "Hey, you want to get arrested? Attack that guy. That'll do the trick." And and so the guy's trying to fend them off, and he's like, "Hey, if you hit me, you're going to go to jail. All kinds of bad stuff is going to happen to you." And then Uma says, "Yeah, but not as bad as if you if you hit an officer of the law like me." And then they they go after him, and the next <laughs> sequence is he's got like all these bruises all over his face, and he's taking them into jail, and. uh... You know it doesn't work, uh, Inspector Ung. You know, uh, sort of. I think realizes what they're doing. She tries to get them to work with her, and they're sort of still tight lipped. And and so, uh, you know, they tr- they try one last thing to get thrown in jail. They try to pull pull her shirt off, and she punches them in the face. Uh, but then she still lets them go. And um, and then they, uh, you know, when they when they when they sort of are are. Uh, D- despondent that they're uh, you know at, at what's going on they uh, they offered to take her and Carrie Morris to the big boss but then they just end up taking them to the pool hall. and and and, and, and I guess their plan was to tell them that, that the that the snooker player was the big boss that and and get them to, to sort of do you know to beat them up for them uh, but they just leave as soon as they because they realize what's going on right yeah. away and they end up getting getting beaten up. And then they go back to the police station, and then they uh, they say, "Okay, we'll go and try to talk to Panadol and persuade him to cooperate." And uh, so they go to Panadol's apartment, and there's a big sort of fight between them. They, you know, they, they, they you know, they, they sort of, you know, all of their emotions sort of come to a head at, at this scene. Uh, and in the chaos, the the microfilm that was on the headgear. Gets knocked or moved, and it and and it projects onto the wall, and then they realize, you know, that's that's the sort of, you know, that's what that's what everybody's after, and then it becomes a matter of Panadol and um, and aspirin want to sell the microfilm to Mister Tin, and uh, Strepsil wants to give it to the police, and they trick Strepsil; they give him a fake microfilm. He takes the fake to the police, and. Aspirin ends up going to Mr. Tins uh, or planning to go to Mr. Tins to, uh, to, to, to negotiate the sale. Um, and so, uh, you know, after, after they uh, give the, the fake one to the cops, the cops go to Mr. Tins boardroom and try to arrest him. But during the meeting, Panadol calls and tells him, hey, the evidence they have against you is fake. You know, we'll send somebody to collect some money, you know, just, you know, play it cool. And so they have to end up dropping the charges. They, they don't have enough evidence to put them away, and and so they uh, and so then we get the the sort of the the build up to the final scene where Aspirin goes to negotiate with Mister Tin, and it goes horribly wrong. Um, and I'll I'll stop there before getting into the rest of it because there's that that's when we kind of get into the proper denouement. But uh, uh, you know, what do you guys think up to this point? I thought
2: the pool they took the police to the pool hall because that's where Dick Dickway's character showed up. So they figured that if Dick Way the character shows up, they could be led back to Mr. Tin. That's what I thought.
0: That that could be it. I don't know. I, I was just sort of a uh, drawing on a conclusion. I didn't, I didn't really base yeah. it on much.
3: Yeah. I, I didn't base it on anything other than the fact that, you know, that the two cops are like, whatever. And they leave That's why I thought that they were trying to go to, them into a fight with the uh with the with, with you know the pool people they owed the money and stuff because it, i i don't i don't know if they genuinely went there because they thought you know dick would be there i don't know why the cops would just leave like that i don't know i it's it's it, it isn't it isn't exactly clear so and i i watched the subtitle version which had really really bad subtitles <laughs>
1: But, uh, it it did just sound like they were there to try and make trouble for him because you know he, he, he the, the, they probably felt a bit annoyed that this professional snooker player <laughs> was, was yeah, hustle, yeah. Was, yeah was trying to hustle people in a, in a thing and like charging one a thousand dollars for every point is a ridiculous amount <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention a one four seven break oh my god. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> that's like peak
0: performance of a pro snooker player (laughs) so what did you guys think of the negotiation with Mr. Tin where they were using all the card playing metaphors and the the request for 10 million dollars for the microfilm
1: sounds so much more impressive in the Cantonese. Like, if you're at this whole movie, there's a lot of, like, sort of modern snark that's not really well translated in the subtitles. Mm-hmm. You can probably tell from their tone of voice um, that they're saying something snarky, but the translations tend to be quite flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's lots of sort of wordplay and snarkiness that... that um, that aspirin and uh, Mr. Tim were sort of using. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but um, I thought it was quite entertaining. Like so this, all sort of, like verbal jousting, and so sort of the, the scene where uh, the, the part of, the, of their conversation where um, they were talking about whether uh, aspirin was acting arrogant enough mm-hmm. um, was. It didn't really come through properly in the translation I think
0: okay yeah because in the trend, in the sub the way it looked to me was he was sort of saying like am I playing the part well that I'm supposed to be playing here and the guy was like oh yeah you're doing a top-notch job but like you know he you know he kind of came off a little odd but the physical performances were what I what kind of stand out to me in those scenes like just sort of the the way that Aspirin is sort of carrying himself and and the way that uh, mr. Tind is carrying himself Yeah. Um, and again, but I was curious is the is the poker, is the poker metaphor at all in the in the yeah. original? That's so that yeah, is there.
1: Yep. Yeah. It worth, although it's the same metaphor that they're using. Yeah, it is like you know, talking about the four aces and then Mr. Tin's like, well, that's only important if you're playing poker, if you're playing yeah. tw- uh, blackjack, then that's a shitty hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that exchange. I like, So I was hoping that was really part of the original dialogue. Cause then he says yeah, like, was. yeah, I've got four aces. Of course I should, you know, it's, it's hard to contain myself. I don't remember exactly what he said. And then he's like, well, yeah, but you know, it depends on the game, buddy. <laughs> like, uh, he didn't say it that way, but it, it was very, I, I thought it was, uh, it was it was a nice exchange and and i like that they maintained the whole sort of poker thing throughout the the that the, that point in the conversation
1: um it's funny because it
0: also you know
1: shows that you know the the free studios have no idea or well, two of the free studios have no idea what they're getting into here and they're way over their depth well, <laughs> and they don't realize that the rules of the game that they I think they're playing was actually completely it's, it's a different game entirely when it comes to actual organized crime and like Mr. Tin and his henchmen.
0: Well, and, and this is where the movie starts to really shift its tone because in the next scene, you know, he, he's basically saying, Hey, look, my friend is going to call the police if you don't give me the money. So, you know, don't threaten me, you know, cause they, they threaten to cut off his hands or something. And, and, and then we go to, uh, Panadol's apartment where, uh, where, where Dick Way's character has arrived. And, and in the course of that exchange, Panadol gets shot. And just prior to that, uh, the the two inspectors, the Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock characters, sort of hand in their badges because they, you know, they're they're told to go on leave. Basically, well, Cynthia Rothrock's told to go back to Scotland, and Michelle Yeoh is told to go on leave because of the whole fiasco with Mr. Tin and not having the evidence. And so then they go to uh, Strepsils apartment. To to, to press him on the matter and, and to get the evidence themselves. And he convinces them that it's at Panadol, so they go with him to, to Panadol's. And as they're approaching the apartment, they hear the gunshot. And Strepsil go, rushes up. He grabs Panadol, and Panadol says, oh, don't worry, I, I, I gave him a fake microfilm. The real microfilm is in the safe box. And by the time he gets Panadol outside, they, they take one look at Panadol, and they said, your friend is dead. I, I was amazed at the, the lack of, of any medical care that we, you know, there, there was no, no attempt to read his pulse or double check to make sure, or, you know, they just, they just sort of immediately hop to the next scene, but it's the thing that sort of catapults everything. Cause Strepsil flips out and he goes and he gets all the fake guns and grenades and he, he, he sort of yells at the, the two cops. And then he gets on a, on a motorbike and he, he, he goes to Mr. Tins and he barges in with the microfilm and then when he gets there, he, he really sort of realizes he has no game plan because all they, they don't care if the microfilm gets destroyed or anything. They just want the microfilm. And so he kind of goes in thinking he can threaten to destroy the microfilm. And then, you know, Mr. Tin is like, oh, go right ahead. That's, you know, make my day. That's good. Um, and, and so, you know, as, as he's confronting uh, Mr. Tin and pretty much about to be killed, I think they're about to burn him because um, he tries to swallow the microfilm or something uh michelle yo and cynthia rothrock show up and and there's a big fight and uh and i'm just going to walk through everything that happens and then we'll talk about it but you know in the end the microfilm is destroyed and the the police show up and they they arrest all of the good guys and mr tin gets escorted out because he has to give a statement at the police station and as they're being escorted out, Strepsil tells Aspirin that uh, Pendol's dead. And Aspirin grabs a gun from a police officer and shoots Mr. Tin. And Strepsil blocks some officers that try to stop him. And then he finishes the job with a couple of other shots. Um, so before we talk about the ending, though, I think I want to talk about all the stuff that led up to it. So any, any thoughts on all those details and just general stuff? Oh, oh sorry Kenny we can't hear you uh. oh sorry Apparently I was muted um <laughs> I was just saying like
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed um those fight scenes you could really feel the impact behind each blow it felt like um I, I sort of I really like the fact that they you know like you mentioned before like they, they're not ho- putting their punches you know they're, they're ignoring the fact that they're women entirely and yeah, you know, just going for it like there was one bit where Mad Dog was like kicking Michelle Yeoh in the chest mm. uh you know which is generally speaking you know they don't really it's sort of like off limits isn't it so <laughs> you wouldn't really think about that but you know they, they were just going for it and like they're properly trying to you know it felt like they were probably trying to injure each other there so um and and some of the, the, the kicks that Cynthia was doing was very impressive as well I thought and uh you can also see that like, she had quite a bit of skill with um with the pole, uh, the staff. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, yeah, like, that as was well, when she was the sort of weird umbrella thing. That was a pretty really impressive scene. Yeah,
0: yeah, the staff really stands out in that fight. It's and it feels like everything in that scene is getting smashed. Like everything is just getting like glass is shattering, wood is you know getting busted up, and people are just flying through things. Uh, it just feels like every like everything is sort of just getting tossed around and and wrecked. Um,
1: Yeah, and there's so much glasses being broken throughout, like, the whole movie itself. Like, like, glasses just being broken left, right, and centre. And this is actually the first time we see, like, someone actually being injured as a result of it yeah. and that's mad dog he's kicked off the uh the second floor or the, the, the first floor and then a balcony not a balcony thing, but like the um it's
0: like a mezzanine or something i don't know what the proper yeah, well, that...
1: <laughs> onto <laughs> a weird like glass waterfall thing that mr tin had said like that's <laughs> um and, and yeah he had like glass shards all over his face and he just lying there probably bleeding out as well it was gruesome
0: <laughs> the glass is like sticking yeah. out of his cheeks and stuff yeah that was and, gruesome. And... But again, it comes down, I think it's the weird tone shift in the movie, because up to that, the only person who died was the guy who had the MacGuffin, the Richard Nornan character, I think. And I know, there have been other people shot, but but not, let's be honest, none of them really mattered in any, you know what I mean? They were all like, they were all like, you know, low-ranking low characters that die in these kind of movies all the time. But Didn't
2: Panadol mattered.
0: No, no, but that's what I'm saying. The point when Panadol dies is when everything, like, the, the the stakes seem to get raised in the whole movie.
2: The tone of the movie changes from yeah, being yeah. kind of lighthearted to really serious.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's, I mean, like, even, shocking. Even the- oh, go ahead, Adam.
3: Even even the tone of the action in this scene, like we were saying, I mean, a, a lot of the action scene in this movie, even if there've been really good fight scenes, have had somewhat of a comedic edge to them. You know, like the airport scene, and that was that was a great action scene, but it was also kind of funny at the same time. There's there's a lot less that's funny about this action scene than the previous ones, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Even even the insults that, that are being exchanged feel mm-hmm. more like real like do you know what i mean they feel like like it feels like there's more hostility between the characters in fact the only person who really kind of comes out like oddly as a nice guy in the scene is the dick way character because he he, he sort of pauses when he thinks that cynthia Roth when he thinks he hurt her a little bit and then she just immediately uses that to 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 to, 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 get, to get him and so uh you know but but you know, but pretty much like it's it's yeah it's just a, it's a it's a I feel like the shifting tone is kind of shocking, um and the the you you just you, you sort of you, you feel like you were watching one type of movie and it becomes another type of movie in the in the in the last scene, um, and so so yeah so I, what do people think about the ending I know I know I know that uh, that always kind of gets a strong reaction from people the uh the, the final moments of the film.
1: I, when I first saw it, I was just like, "Really, it's gonna end just like that?" Um, but Then, like, just sort of thinking back about it, it's somehow it feels like sort of typical for movies of this era, doesn't it? Like, yeah, having like an abrupt ending and uh, and leaving things a little bit sort of resolved but not quite like. Uh, as, and I sort of also like the, the sort of the message that's in here is that, you know, while technically speaking, justice has, has been served, but it's, uh, you know, that the law has not won this time around. And it, it, it I don't know, it, it just it just fit for me. I think, it, I think that was actually the de- decent ending.
2: I didn't like the ending per se in that I think that Mr. Tin should have died sooner. And then everything should have been wrapped up neatly at the end. But that's just the way I feel about movies. Um, But yeah, it kind of startled me, like, they're just gonna leave it like this, you know, just him shooting the gun at the very end, and it's like frozen on him. So it was just, I don't know, it was kind of weird. There's so many loose
0: threads. There's so yeah. many yes. loose threads there. It's like, well, who's going to jail? Who's, you know, there's there's just, you have all these questions running through your mind and it's like, the, the movie is like, no, we're not going to answer this. You, you just, goodbye. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and it, yeah, yeah, it's it, like
2: the good guys can't go go to jail even though um, Aspirin and uh, were were petty thieves. They did have good hearts and, you know, they were doing it for a reason. And you can't have the police officers also go to jail. That's kind of
0: weird. Well, um, but and they were charged with uh, trespassing and illegal use of weapons, I think. so I think they I think the assumption is they're gonna get charged. Right.
2: And it made me think that you know Mr. Wong was probably in Mr.
0: Tin's pocket for yeah. you know for that brief moment there. See, I was I was wondering about that. I'm not sure if it's that or if it's that he's just like, well, I gotta follow the letter of the law, whatever it is. And, right. And I like I don't know. I, I've I've never been clear on that character. But speaking of Mister Tin, what did people think of Mister Tin as a character? He's a, I mean, he's pretty much just the embodiment of laughter, and and uh, I don't know, arrogant criminality. Um, but I I. I, I When I, when I first saw the movie, the laughter really seemed a little too much. Like it was like just sort of, I I can't emphasize enough just how much laughing the character does, but over time, it's really started to work for me as a, as a quick way of sort of conveying the, the, the guy's personality. I feel
3: like he knows that it's kind of irritating. Like in the, in the last scene, he's really using his laughter yeah. just to annoy the hell I mean, out of people. It's, it's like so the fact that it's kind of grating is, that's is what good. I mean, that's, yeah, that works.
0: What I mean is, it's like there's, it's it's he's laughing, but he's doing a lot with the like 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 you said, like he's. It's not just a laugh when he does it. There's other things at work when he's laughing. And in the end in the final scene, it's like this really aggressive laughing. like it's just sort of like, haha, oh, I'm laughing at you because I can. like he's he's using it as like a as a way to dig at people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and you and you and you just sort of wonder what's sort of beneath all of this all of this laughter.
3: rage yeah. It's a laugh of rage and hate.
0: Well, it sort of reminds me of like an anime when you have characters that like laugh like hysterically and then like their their face explodes or like something like really horrific sort of happens after it, it just it, it just seems like uh there's something going on under there that's like an earthquake
1: um It, it actually reminds me of um uh the football the the manager from um Charlotte Soccer.
0: Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a, yeah, That that is a very similar type character. I would agree with that. That's a, that yeah. he does. He he's hasn't... laughing a
1: lot with like a cigar and well dressed yeah. suit, and yeah, <laughs> he is he, a type of character. Yeah, you know, sort of villain where you know that he has. Like he, he may have a little bit of problem in his life at some point, but most of it was just smooth sailing, and that he his, like, evilness is not as a result of, you know, tragic circumstances or whatever, it was just because he was a bit twisted to begin with, and is reveling in it, and um I, yeah and his laughter he's, he's he mentions it himself like i like to laugh Do you have yeah. a problem with that it's basically what he said to the cops i think yeah. <laughs> um i think that I really sort of show showcases his character quite well as just like a an arrogant person who knows he's got all the cards yeah because but he... oh go the, ahead yeah uh, i have to say like a uh, but you know like he said to um To aspirin, like, cards only matter if you're playing a card game. Because then, when aspirin pulls a gun on him and shoots him in front of all the cops, so that's like that's that's when that's the moment when you think when when it's sort of like, oh, you open now it's your turn to be the one who's not playing the right game.
0: Well, and I think too, I think like, I mean, because he does feel like a lot of other villains, you kind of say the cigar, the look, the arrogance. But then he, the laughter, and a lot of villains laugh, obviously, especially in movies like this, but his laughter is is incessant. It just is all, he's always laughing, and he's laughing at odd moments. Like It feels like, why is he, like, this is an odd time to laugh. And I think that it all kind of comes into the tone shifting because they have him laughing over the whole movie, and then in that final scene, the laughter sort of takes on a whole other layer of meaning because everything is suddenly dark. And so this character that was like, I don't know. You kind of think of him as like a wacky villain, leading up to the movie. Like everything's sort of kind of funny. Um, suddenly, it's not funny anymore when he's laughing. You know, it's like it, it's uh, it's like oh no, this guy's this guy's like he's like a real proper villain. Do you know what I mean? Like he, it's just I just didn't notice. I thought he was just a, something to sort of laugh at the whole time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's I just think he's sort of an unusual character, and that he's like he's so one note. But it's it's a really weird one note. uh, (laughs) he was a very effective villain
1: as well. Like, yeah, you know, outside of his miscalculation that he would somehow end up dying despite the fact that he's surrounded by police officers and like everyone's handcuffs and stuff, you know, he he would have gone clean away with it. Like he, he had, you know, lawyers on his side, he had there was no evidence against him, like he could have gone clean away, but the the rules of the games changed for him at that moment.
0: <laughs> well, and and it was his own fault too, because he went up to Aspirin and Aspirin said, like, is there no justice? And he's like, what do you mean? Look, the bad guys are being arrested. The good guys, you know, me, is getting away. And, you know, I'm going to come back home and relax. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's sort of what drives aspirin over the edge. So it's like, the so his laughter is ultimately what ends up killing him. Because he does that, he laughs, walks away, and he ends up getting shot in the back. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's definitely sort of a, it's an, un- I mean, it's a movie that could sort of like, i don't know you could almost it's it's in a lot of ways it's it's like we were saying it's like popcorn sort of a good saturday movie but it's also the kind of film that the more i watch it the more i just kind of wonder about different details in it um in large part yeah. because it doesn't answer a lot of, a lot of the questions and a lot of the things that i'm curious about don't really get answers um like it's in definitely a
3: movie or just talking about it with you guys I, i've thought a lot more of the movie my, my answer on it being a light kind of thing was the beginning but the more more it, i'm like there's a lot more going on in this movie that that uh, that you know is coming up to me but uh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh
0: no no really. that's fine but you know it's just that the um uh i i didn't really have a whole lot to add to it i i was just uh mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i guess i guess the one thing i was going to say is one of the big things that they're not it's never really addressed. It's like what the whole microfilm thing really is, anyway. Like it's so vaguely described that uh, I mean, and I guess it doesn't need to be, but I'm just sort of wondering, like, what could that contract possibly be? That it's so like, like what what oh, sort of? I, think I made up a whole
2: actually. story in my head. Well, okay, well, what's your story? <laughs> like, Cause
0: I like, need cause to write I, some fan fiction. Yeah, for
2: I,
1: this. I think it actually was explained. It was a fake contract. So I think what happened was. Um, Mr. Tin actually signed. So, so Mr. Tin and whatever construction company signed the contract, and then they modified the contract. Mm-hmm. And that microfilm was the one picture that showed the contract that was signed at the time. Okay. So, that's what I. That's what I, I, I thought they were saying from the Chinese.
0: Okay, yeah, because in the subs, all I was able to gather was that it was like something. To, I mean, it was, it was a real estate contract. It was a forgery, and it somehow put his holdings in peril, um, and was obviously illegal. But beyond that, I, I wasn't able to extract anything.
2: Yeah, and that led me to believe that the um, his holdings were gotten illegally because of the contracts that they weren't actually his. They were on paper, forged paper, saying that they were his, but weren't actually his.
0: No, and that's I think this movie you do that a lot. Like you have to sort of you sometimes put backstory onto things. Like like the like the three Stooge characters. Like I I I found myself. You know, trying to sort of justify their names and thinking, oh, there must be like a reason why they're all called, you know, aspirin, strepsil, and panadol, and and so you you just kind of come up with stuff on your own. But but yeah, so I don't. Know, any any other thoughts on the movie?
1: Yeah, I, I, I yeah like I mentioned near the beginning, you know, it, it's kind of strange because we never get any sort of character development for um, Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia. <laughs> Uh, like, like they go from sort of being slightly, slightly um, not anti- antagonistic but against each, rubbing each other the wrong way, to suddenly being like comrades in arms. Like, kind are of turning their badges together, and we don't know like why that happened or yeah. anything. And, and only, the, and only the three stooges really had any sort of development throughout this, and we get to see a different you know, facet of their character. Um, and I don't know if that's sort of you mentioned it's like the first sort of movie which kicked off like the the girls with guns mm-hmm. sort of subgenre, and I'm wondering if it's because um, it's related. To, so, so, the sort of lack of character development is sort of related to that, in that they didn't want to risk too much like character development on the fe- on, on the female stars. Um, they wanted to have the male lead, so just in case, you know, as I, the, the being a bit too safe with the story. Um, like uh, it could have been a completely different story if they'd chosen to just focus more on Michelle Yeoh's character or, or Cynthia's character and ha- how their their bond develops throughout the movie, right? Like as opposed to focusing on yeah. the three stooges. Um, and I'm just wondering if if it's because of the era it was in and the fact that it was the first of its kind.
0: I'm I'm not sure. I I I, I wonder if it's if it's if it's that or if it's you know be, it's also. Uh, you know, this is like Michelle Yeoh's first big starring role. I think it's Cynthia Rothrock's. If it's not her first, I think it's one of her first, at least here. And and so it might have just been a matter of, well, let's play it safe, like you're saying, and 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 have these other characters. Uh, but also, I think I think action start action characters don't necessarily require the same level of fleshing out that the like you don't have to really you don't have to really feel anything particularly. And you don't have to really feel much for the Michelle Yeoh and the Cynthia Cynthia Rothrock characters. You have to sort of be their their function in the movie is to is to impress you with the physicality going on, and the the Three Stooges are the characters that you are. They're they're drawn into their their story, the stuff that they're doing requires that you you buy into their personalities a little bit more and their relationships a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? So I think I think there's that too. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody's written on this somewhere. But I agree with Kenny. If they had fleshed out the two female characters,
2: the whole tone of the movie would have been changed. I don't know if it would have made it better or made it worse, but it definitely would have been a different movie because like he said, I that link of going from being egg, against each other good cop bad cop one ready to kick butt one's ready to go by the book to all of a sudden turning in your badges together and you know they've had strong words to each other the whole entire time if i'm going to turn in my badge with someone i'm gonna to have to feel some kind of strong sense of uh, friendship with yeah. them to go along with them and to support them and i didn't get the feeling that they had a strong friendship up until then which kind of then makes the whole movie in that aspect a little contrived for me like you get this genuine love friendship between the guys Mm -hmm. and you that develops the movie i think if they had more of a a genuine relationship between the women then it could have made the movie better
0: yeah and i yeah. oh go ahead adam
3: yeah they did they did spend a fair amount of time on with the female characters so it's like we we have it's not you know if you know if it was a case of giving them more screen time it would be taking away from the others but it's like i feel i feel the screen time we got with them could have used but you been used a little better to give us a little more depth
0: exactly we well all of the all of those shifts that you were describing kind of felt to me very procedural and like functory like it was just sort of mm-hmm. very like okay now we're going to like now our characters are turning this direction and now our yeah. characters are turning this direction and and yeah so it's it's not uh, you know it, it wouldn't be like if i wanted to show a person like a michelle yo movie to see sort of the whole range of her abilities this would not be my choice because i don't mm-hmm. think you get a number one it's it, again it's like her first movie so she, she probably hasn't quite honed the the talents yet but also it's not on display because they're focused on the on the physical stuff and i think you see you see much better displays of that in, in later movies with her um so so i think that uh you know for this one it's really more you know if, if you're if, if you're watching it because it's a michelle yo movie it's to see the action which is a perfectly legitimate reason for seeing a michelle Yeoh movie um but but i think i think. I think what happens when you go to see it is then you're surprised by this other subplot involving these three fleshed-out comedic characters that's that sort of ends on a very touching note, um, and uh, and is and is sold pretty well despite despite an almost complete lack of charisma on the part of the pivotal character like the character who who uh, the Strepsil character who who sort of freaks out and and is the one who's who, like really carrying all the emotional weight at the end like like he's got like no like just as a character he's got no charisma his hair is a mess his you know there is there's, there's there's no you don't, you don't get the sense that he's like a um he's a captivating speaker or he, you know he, he, he's he's kind of like a loser type character but but you 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 feel for him in the final moment so it you know but i don't know i think i think that weird that contrast kind of works for me in this movie like the the I I don't know why Um,
3: I think too it's I mean it's notable that you know despite you know Michelle Yao and Cynthia Rothrock having so little to work with as far as dialogue or anything that you know I I, I'd never seen anything with with Cynthia Rothrock at all before you know and I was I was really like wow she's she's really great in this movie so it's uh, just, just like you say just the physicality alone they, they they have a lot to work with in this movie and they they, they, they really really sell their characters for what for what what their characters are at least
0: but uh, and, and also I think there is a time thing too where like they have to go from being enemies to being like <laughs> friends on their way to the because they because they only there's only like a limited time for their characters to do all these things that they have to do because they have this other subplot and so yeah. it's, it's almost kind of gotta be like okay here, then the next step, then the next step. But
2: you know, you know in other movies there are hidden clues that um, that two enemies be are going to become friends by the way they look at each other or the way they handle a situation throughout the movie. You never get that kind of hint yeah. whatsoever in this one. That no, was my yeah.
0: issue. No, I would agree with you. I would definitely. And I agree. think that's
1: yeah, probably because it is like the first of it. its kind. Of, I mean, we like refer to things like sort of lethal weapon or uh, yeah, diehard. yeah, they're not strictly speaking the same type of movies. But you have, like the the pair of mismatched uh, partners who eventually yeah you know, mm-hmm. iron things out and make things work. Which yeah, if if they could do it in in the same sort of ninety minutes or however long those movies are, then it's kind of strange how they did 't maybe, maybe it didn't occur to them that they needed to um, include this level of depth for the for the character development in this movie yeah. Yes.
0: yeah well I feel like it wasn't a focus that was brought into it wasn't um you know it's it's notable like you'll like like I think the scene where they both get in the car to go to the to strepsils where they've just turned their badges and that's the one where it really stands out to me like hmm that's kind of a little bit stiff like it doesn't feel like a lot of uh, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? But I don't care because yeah. I know that I'm going to have a great scene of them, like, smashing stuff in 10 <laughs> seconds. But, like, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely obvious when you watch it. Um,
3: I feel like considering they really didn't care that much about about the development from them being rivals to them becoming friends, I feel like since since they already established that Michelle Yow's character studied over at Scotland Yard stuff, they should have just had had the other characters show off, but it's like, Hey, they were already like really, you know, close partners that were working together again. That way you would, you know, that, that way, if if you weren't going to bother doing the dramatic turn, just start with them being good friends, you know,
4: it's, uh, (laughs) Uh,
0: I, yeah, I mean that, that might've worked better, but, but I did kind of enjoy the Like she took a much sort of more by the book Softer approach, and Cynthia Rothrock was yeah, kind of like, it, you know, yeah, she yeah. came in and was like, no, I'm gonna like bust heads, and uh, you know, <laughs> so there there was you know, and it, and it produced dividends in terms of the the scenes that emerged from that. Um, yeah,
3: I did, I did like ultimately their police work was all you know, try beating someone up, and then if that doesn't work, just let the person go. We'll follow them and see what they do. That was like repeatedly a thing. Let's just let the criminal go and see what happens. <laughs> okay. it was, uh,
0: but yeah, so, so we're going on like an hour and 30 minutes, so I think I'm going to end yeah. it here unless people have something they want to add. I don't want to uh, take up too much of people's time. But uh, oh. but yeah, so, you know, again, it's called uh, Yes, Madam. It's uh, it's it's not available on Prime like some of the movies that we, we discussed, so you will have to track it down. Uh, you know, I would recommend getting the Fortune Star Blu-ray if you can. That's the one that I'm pretty happy with. Um, but again, you don't get a whole lot of features even on that one. I think... Uh, uh, that one just has subs. There's no dubs on it, and there's no special features aside from some, I think, some stills or something. Which, to be honest, I don't know why DVDs come with stills. Like, I've never, I've never really. <laughs> I have appreci- a pause
3: function. <laughs> well, I've just,
0: yeah, I've just never appreciated. I mean, well, sometimes the stills are other shots, like they're promotional sure. things, and but I don't know. I, I'd much rather that they give me interviews or commentary tracks or something to, to chew on a little bit. Then it's then st- like something weird about watching stills on your TV. It just doesn't seem like the right medium for looking at an, an image um, or still image. But, uh, but yeah, so – We'll be back on, uh, I know, next week we're, we're going to uh, be on Wednesday, me and Adam, to, or possibly Sunday, depending on how things pan out, but mo- most likely Wednesday, to talk about uh, the Return of Condor Heroes television series. And then on Friday we're going to be back with another movie. Uh, I think we're doing Dragon Inn, but we got to double-check on the new Dragon Inn, not the first one, but i, I got to double-check on that. And uh, and uh, I'm sure we got more coming up, too. I know there's all kinds of things in the schedule, so... Uh, Until then, we will talk to you later.